0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Connecting the Dots by Juvenity at the Versa Foundation. And we're producing for Jane Unchained uh, News Network, which has been recently rebranded as Unchained TV. So so get your Unchained TV on Apple TV today. Um, I'm going to be talking to yet another amazing guest today. We have Sunny Sattva today with us from the Vegan Africa Fund. And Sunny, we're going to be talking about everything that relates cryptocurrency to veganism. But before we get started with that, what was, what has been your vegan journey? Why veganism? And how did you get to where you are today?
1: Mm. Hello, Nivi. Thank you so much for that awesome intro. And yes, my name is Sunny Sattva. I'm the founder of the Vegan Africa Fund, and I've been vegan for about six years now. And so I think a lot of people went vegan for various reasons, many for the animals, many for their health. And I actually went vegan for the health of a loved one. Um, the two of us were you know, partnered when my partner was diagnosed with cancer. And after looking into the diagnosis and many different medical expert opinions, we realized that going vegan and having a plant-based diet had been shown to reverse diseases to actually um, help cure cancer. And so that's why I went vegan originally, but it became so much more of a lifestyle for me, actually, a couple of years after that. I went to school and have a degree in bioengineering. And my first job in that field, I was working in a research office that was very heavily involved in animal testing. And- It was very um, conflicting, you know, following this career path and doing what I thought I wanted to do with my life and then being sitting in that lab and working on this project and realizing that I'm participating in this cycle of suffering and seeing the animals up close um, really made me realize that animal testing is not something I'm aligned with and really is when I started to fully embrace veganism as a lifestyle, as a concept, throw out my leather bags um, and really work towards eliminating my participation in the cycle of suffering. And so I've been an ethical vegan for about four years, eating vegan for six years. And ultimately my vegan journey led me to realize that the work that I do has to be aligned with the world I wanna see, which is one that doesn't exploit animals for commodities or for for our human pleasures. And so that's part of the work I'm very excited to be doing, but no, I think that when people go vegan for these reasons and for the animals especially, it makes it so much easier just to commit to the lifestyle and realize it's not just a diet choice, it really is a complete shift in your
0: mindset, oh absolutely, thank you so much for sharing that and and um, you know coming into veganism um Due to health, either of your own um, health or your partner 's health, as you explained, you know when our near and dear ones are suffering, and we 're looking for answers and to have found those answers uh you know in in a plant predominant um, nutritional philosophy, and then sticking with it because it it sort of permeates into other parts of your life and and And, you know, uh, for you, it's uh, it's really now your profession, you know, you're not just an ethical vegan, but you're seeking to create these synergies, um, you know, between what you know you bring to the world professionally and and what needs to happen and and you're doing all of this at the same time going back to your roots yeah so um tell us a little bit about the beginnings of vegan africa fund you know why vegan africa fund
1: why is it absolutely um it's so exciting because i started the vegan africa fund really on accident and so just speaking about going back to my roots. In yeah. 2020, when it seemed like the whole world was ending, I had this very deep realization and calling that told me I had to be in Africa. I had to go to Africa. I had never been before, um, but I bought a one-way ticket to Kenya because my sister had done a DNA test and we were raised, we were always told we're black, white, and Indian, and didn't really know, um, you know how deep into which culture. It was very you know, growing up in a multicultural family and after my sister did this test it showed we had this ancestry from all over the African continent from over a dozen countries including Kenya which was something that for me was um, super unexpected and mind-blowing and I felt really deeply called to go there um, and to just experience you know life and so I got a one-way ticket and of course everywhere I go when I travel the first people I connect with is always the vegan community. It's been like that since I've been vegan. Wow, so, that, that is such an amazing story. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, how the Vegan Africa Fund started is I was traveling around East Africa for about a year, but mm-hmm. about six months into my travels, I settled in Mombasa and realized that's where I want my second home to be. Um, still have people who I care very much about there, including the owners of Vegan Basket, which is Kenya's. First plant based food production company. They started as a restaurant in 2019, had to shut down their restaurant because of COVID and really get creative um, with their business model. And so, when I started going there and visiting them, this um, location on the Kenya coast, I built up this relationship with the founders where exactly. we would talk, you know, every week. We would just talk about veganism and life and this vision for. A Pan-African economy that is really focused on going back to African roots and decolonizing people's diets. Um, they're very concerned with, you know, how acidic that Western food is, or that the like shift towards um, more developed world eating leads to eating very acidic things, things that cause all these health problems. And I realized that their vision was something I was very aligned with, um, but. They weren't executing fully on their vision because they lacked access to capital and funds to do so. And this was something that I saw, and I realized that I could actually um, help them in ways that I didn't really expect to be able to. I started investing in cryptocurrency back in 2020, and because of that, I was able to make my first angel investments into Vegan Basket. Oh um helped shift from just a plant-based eatery on the Kenya coast to an actual food production company, um, where before they were lacking, you know, just the basic resources. They had a very small processing location. They had no machinery at all, no freezers, no blenders, no food processors, um, really making everything by hand. But at the same time, they have this really strong local support where their community is you know, not necessarily a whole bunch of vegans, but people know them as the healthy place to eat in town. People know the brand and they respect this brand. Um, and I saw that right away, that you know, they had this really big following and they could expand on that and help people change their lives in this community and beyond. And so I started investing in Vegan Basket, but realized as I'm doing this, that the vision has to be so much bigger. It can't just be me supporting my local vegan restaurant in Kenya. It has to be a massive movement. And so yeah. this is or in 2021, maybe in April. And so that's when I started looking into like the numbers, like, what's happening yeah. with vegan investing on the continent. And right. I was looking for the Vegan Africa Fund. That's the term I was searching. That's like what I was looking for. And I found a few impact initiatives or venture capitalists who were investing in veganism in Africa, a lot of it South Africa, which has you know received all of the benefits of the developed world um, yep. for, You know, as the process has been going on. So obviously that's something that I would have liked to see shift. And when I saw there was no vegan Africa fund, I realized that somebody needed to start it. It has to happen now, digging into the numbers even more you realize that we're at a tipping point in veganism. It is growing so fast that the global vegan food market is expected to rise 500% in less than Mm -hmm. a decade. And this is a huge opportunity to create wealth, to create increased economic opportunities. But the problem is You have to have a baseline amount of capital in order to grow your business and expand, and that's something that's really lacking across Africa as a whole. If you look at the 2021 statistics on venture capital in the world, $620 billion was deployed last year, but in Africa, only $4.6 billion was deployed. That's the same amount for a whole continent of a billion people. That was invested into one US city, the city of Miami, in 2014. Wow. So, this disparity is just massive. This, there's a huge investing gap. And so, I formed the Vegan Africa Fund to help fill that gap. And as you showed, to help meet the sustainable development goals, um, working towards these initiatives of good health and well being, of reduced economic inequalities, of increased opportunities and growth. Um, we, shown and we can see that the land required to feed people on a vegan diet um, we have enough land in the world to feed everyone on a vegan diet with all the projected population growth scenarios what we do not have is enough land to feed everyone in the world with the projected population scenarios if we continue the trend towards a Western diet yeah really interested in supporting the community driven operations that already have local support that are already helping their communities go vegan and helping them expand their efforts
0: right okay what an incredible story so you packed your bags showed up in Africa you know really sort of found um, home you know we Mm -hmm. say home is where the heart is. And you, you found home to be in Mombasa. You know, you were really called to be there um, on that incredibly, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, in, in corner of the world. And mm-hmm. um, you you found your friends in Vegan Basket, right? Yeah. And, and Vegan Basket then um, became your first, um, you know, recipient of your in- investment and and you helped them and, and you shared this incredible story of growth. Um, you're right. You know, it, it's when we look at the inequity in distribution of capital that's invested in some parts of the world versus the others, mm-hmm. there is a... There's structural inequality right there. I mean, it starts with that. We don't even have enough resources, and and Africa um, is an entire continent of its, uh, you know, in and of itself, and it's multi ethnic, multicultural, multilinguistic. There are multiple different countries in different stages of development, and and you alluded to the fact how South Africa has, you know, historically received a lot a lot more attention as compared to other parts of Africa. Um, What has the Vegan Africa Fund accomplished in 2021? You know, share with us, brag to us a little bit about your amazing achievements.
1: Yes, it was an amazing year. We had so much growth and primarily what we grew was our network. So after I started investing in Vegan Basket, I wanted to find every vegan company on the continent that I could touch. Like my passion in running the Vegan Africa Fund is really in being on the ground, connecting with different cultures that are still centered around veganism. So we've built up a vegan business directory that has over 350 small businesses in it. Um, I have personally met with about 5% of those founders digitally and about 1% in person, one to 2%. So we've got a lot of room to grow and make these connections. But building out this network was huge. And then we also have been sponsoring impact initiatives. So part of the Vegan Africa Fund's goal is to grow the vegan network through investing in profitable, scalable vegan businesses and also supporting initiatives with impact. Um, if you look at the breakdown on our site, you can go to veganafricafund.com deck to view our pitch deck, which has all this information in it. But you'll see that 80% of the Vegan Africa Fund goes directly towards investing in for-profit initiatives and 10% goes to social impact. So we sponsored the largest veg fest in Africa. It's called VegFest Morocco. And it was wow. huge. I know a lot of people were there. Um, and the attendance was amazing. And we actually had over 50,000 people attend in this two-day uh, celebration of veganism. And one thing I really love is cultural events that bring together different perspectives, different narratives, um, where we can share recipes and ideas and communities. So that was really exciting. And as well, we sponsored um, a very awesome group of individuals in Uganda, the Vegan Uganda Football Team. And they have been traveling every other month um, to different provinces and different districts in Uganda playing football tournaments with the club football league there and spreading veganism um, through outreach. Through We sponsor them bringing fruit and vegan snacks to the games to share with the communities and flyers that have this information on why go vegan for your health, for the planet, for the animals. So that was incredibly exciting. And we're really also building up our I guess our potential portfolio. So looking at the kinds of businesses that we would want to invest in, building relationships with them as we actually fundraise for the Vegan Africa Fund. Because what we've noticed is there are, there's a really big gap that we are seeking to fill and it's in going into these communities and making seed level investments um, to help these businesses expand. So seed or early stage investments and this will enable us to really support the companies that we believe will be the most impactful producers of vegan products in Africa, Um, supporting them now so that during this growth stage in the next decade, we're able to hold equity in the businesses that are leading the lifestyle vegan movement. And so building out that network and connecting to all of these amazing entrepreneurs. Um, we also sponsored a plant-based cooking class in South Africa that was led by Chef Kola. That was really fun, that was awesome. Okay. Um, and so there's all of these different um, impact initiatives that we've supported along with making that first partnership and investment with Beacon Basket. And then with them, <laughs> the numbers that we've seen after our investment have been so inspiring We took them from a restaurant that was basically breaking even to a profitable vegan food producer um, with month-over-month growth between 15 and 30%. So we are seeing huge growth in their sales, um, really narrowed down their menu to figure out um, how to optimize it. Because one of the other realizations we have with the Vegan Africa Fund is there's not only an infrastructure gap that we need to fill, but there's also a technology gap. So when we went into vegan basket, just like they're processing all their food by hand, they're also doing all their books by hand. They had no accounting software or point of sale integrations. And so we actually helped develop point of sale integrations for them to both do all their accounting, take all their orders, track their orders and accept payments, including cryptocurrency payments and including VAT payments. Um, so that was really exciting, building out those integrations. And we are really passionate about having this network that is focused on both Pan-African food trade and producing items at scale to the point where they can be globally exported. I'm talking about high-value vegan items and products that the whole world is going to want in the next year that we can yep. produce sustainably on the equator, or close to it, all over Africa.
0: Right. Wow. So a football team, you know, vegan football team Mm -hmm. in Uganda that has been touring all over Africa, Um, a veg fest in Morocco, plant-based culinary demonstrations and classes in South Africa, Um, obviously scaling up vegan basket and, you know, creating this network. Those are some outstanding achievements um sunny in in just you know a single year in in 2021 and especially the second year of an ongoing you know forever elusive pandemic Mm -hmm. you know um how has the pandemic impacted uh vegan africa fund or has it only been a fuel you know Mm. you guys how has it fueled you guys how has it impacted you what are some of the You know, ways in which you're seeing um, the opportunity for veganism make itself, like reveal itself more and more in Mm -hmm. Africa during this time.
1: I think in many ways, the COVID pandemic has really been a catalyst for change, um, both for us, but also for all of the individuals in our network where across Africa there are so many lifestyle diseases and you know, diseases of affluence that the West is very, um, you know, very much suffering from that are now becoming common across the African continent. Things like diabetes and heart disease that 20, 30 years ago were almost non-existent in many of these communities are now affecting people to the point that they're more at risk if they do get the coronavirus. So one thing that we have seen is that there's a lot of people shifting towards veganism all across Africa, and it seems like the world, um, yeah. really because of the health impacts. Because they realize they're hearing from their bodies and their doctors that their arteries are clogging from eating these you know, meat-based fats, and their bodies are becoming unable to process some of the foods that they eat. And it's resulting in all of these catastrophic health effects um, to the point where the public perception around veganism and around eating a plant-based diet is very favorable right now in Africa. I think that in the West, um, especially in the States, there's almost this connotation that comes with veganism that is a little bit maybe on the negative side if you are not vegan. And across Africa... I don't think there's been the same history with the word vegan, and with the vegan community, um, in that there's really no negative connotation. It's very much like a lot of people are kind of curious uh, as to what it means, like maybe they haven't fully you know, engaged with vegan culture, and then when you explain it to them, there's such a rich history of eating plant-based all across Africa that the reception is usually, you know, you tell somebody vegans don't eat any animal products, um, you, you know, live a cruelty-free lifestyle, and they know somebody who is living in this way, even if they don't necessarily use the term vegan. Yeah. And as well, there are many vegan communities um, you see, especially in the region of, you know, everywhere from Kenya to Zambia, there is very big presence of um, some different religious organizations that don't eat any animal products at all, like the Seventh-day Adventists. They have a very big stronghold in that part of the world. Um, and so you see that there is a vegan culture from those roots. Um, and as well, traditional African diets. If you look at many of the common foods across all the African countries, there's a largely plant-based And what the bases of these dishes are. There's countries like Ethiopia where the Ethiopian Orthodox Church requires you to eat a basically vegan diet for over 200 days of the year, which was amazing when I was visiting there. I'm so excited to go back um, because it's so easy to eat vegan. But I think ultimately, what the coronavirus has done is caused people to take a good look at how they're eating and at where those traditions are coming from and realizing that a lot of the current trends are very Western, they're very much rooted in colonialism, where animal exploitation, especially on this large scale, industrial scale, is very, very new in Africa. There's countries like Kenya that only has two, maybe three factory farms. There's countries like Uganda that don't have any, though they are trying to open some very soon. And so when you look at how um, capital is being invested, there's, I'm sure lots of the meat industry is wanting to open these factory farms across Africa. But if the public can embrace a vegan lifestyle and, make their voices heard that that's not something they want in their countries or you know, as their path forward, then I think Africa really stands a strong chance of not going down that path of unsustainable development, which we really want to encourage, again, at the community level, going to the leaders in these communities who are already helping shift that Overton window and get people to be more comfortable with veganism. Um, we're really passionate about supporting them, giving them resources and the network and the community to help them grow the local vegan movement from the grassroots up, you know, all across the continent. Um, as we scale up, eventually, we'd like to support veganism in every country in Africa so that it can become what I believe it once was, which is really the baseline or the standard
0: right exactly and and uh, you're you're so right you know being a person of south asian heritage myself i can absolutely you know testify to how um eating uh you know in the global south has been largely a vegan affair and and it's not new it is something that you know finds easy gravity with a lot of people in you know latin america in um south asia in other parts of asia as well as in africa where you know some of us know people who have been living like this anyway regardless of whether they call it veganism or
1: not um right. so exactly. so i and i just want to also raise the point that when we're talking about the global south we have to remember that the westernized world really owes a lot to the global south It's responsible for less than 5% of global emissions, yet we see that these are the communities and the areas that are suffering the worst from climate change and from the pandemic. Um, And so as these areas are growing more, and as they're very keen on developing and adopting these Western trends, I think that it's important for people in the West to make our voices heard and say, we did some things right, but we did some other things wrong. And this, there's certain paths that we shouldn't go down again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's a very interesting conversation around cultural narratives and, and you know, media determinants of cultural perception and, and in Africa's case, in the entire continent, you know, how it's perceived. And um, because when the Western media, you know, if you will, Creates a certain perception um, around what it means to be African. What is the continent of Africa like? What are some of the things that I'm just going to, you know, pull this up? I know we've discussed some of these images, um, you know, earlier. It's, it's about, you know, those stereotypes, and and then when the Western model of investment. Uh, where should those capital flows go? Um, mm-hmm. Western definition of what will make a developing or an underdeveloped part of the world come to be more developed. Mm-hmm. If all of those narratives center around an animal-based economy, an animal-based model, then you know there's a vested interest in perpetuating a lot of these cultural narratives. That when you mm-hmm. think of Africa as a continent, you tend to think of... You know, um, malnourished, you know, communities, and and which is very similar to how people think about Asia. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get very triggered when you know people think about um, India or Mumbai, and all they can think about is slum dog millionaire. You know, mm-hmm. and and so so a lot of it's it's up to us, and and you know, kudos to you, your advocacy and activism work, and Vegan Africa Fund. You guys are really sort of. Nudging, encouraging, you know, creating that cognitive dissonance that is much needed to to sort of say, well, this is not this is a stereotype, and and it's a narrative that deserves change because mm-hmm. if you don't change it, then ultimately you won't achieve the change in capital inflows, and and that you know how economic development needs to happen, and who's going to do that, and and obviously the whole model of international development which is the whole savior act of you know sending aid money and and relief money which doesn't necessarily make communities self-reliant you know so so talk to me a little bit around how vegan africa fund um with all your vision and then the objectives and the work that you're doing um how will you help in dispelling and
1: changing these narratives mm. I just wanna thank you so much for this question, first of all, and all of that context, because it's so true, even when you brought up the image and all those, you know, the word cloud around Africa and the perception, it makes me incredibly upset because you've seen that the West is showing Africa through a lens that is so distorted from the whole picture. Um, Because Africa is actually, a huge multicultural, multi-ethnic, as we talked about, landscape that is full of entrepreneurs and leaders and businesses, just like the rest of the world, and ultimately ventures that deserve investment. And the trend that we see, I couldn't have said it any better, is that the world seems to feel it's more important to donate to these non-for-profit initiatives to these aid initiatives that ultimately aren't helping these communities become self-reliant. And what I think we need to remember is the historic exploitation of Africa for centuries, you know, so much of what is in every western household from the wiring in your house to the technology to the computers to maybe the rings on your finger came from the African continent in a very exploitative way, in ways where the companies that are profiting the most off the natural resources are largely not domiciled in Africa. There's foreign companies that are basically extracting resources without returning anything. And it's been this way for hundreds of years with bodies, with minerals, with raw materials, with all of these things and I think that what needs to happen is instead of that investment going towards these you know very destructive to the environment um, kinds of processes that we need to be investing in local entrepreneurship and what I call eco entrepreneurs or individuals who are working to build a better world and there's this perception in the west that like we know best um, and it's very you know, patronizing. It's very much um, this paternalistic mindset that's like, instead of investing capital and believing that the people who are running their business that they've successfully started and gained traction for, um, instead of investing and in letting them direct it, we really kind of hold the reins and invest in these nonprofit initiatives that go and don't actually distribute um, capital that can be more freely used. And Africa is a great place to invest. If you look at the numbers, um, foreign direct investment in Africa has higher returns and has higher profit margins than investing in Latin America and the Caribbean or investing in the developed world. It's actually more profitable to invest in Africa than most of the world. So I think that's something that people need to realize is that Africa is a great place to invest, especially now because it's the fastest-growing population segment. Yeah. Expected um, population growth in Asia is actually on a decline slightly, and the Americas is very, um, very small population projection growth. And then in Africa, the population is expected to double in the next century and be at more than fifty percent by twenty fifty. So. What we're seeing is this need to get capital in at these community levels and actually start creating job opportunities and start creating um, opportunities for wealth creation. One really big um, surprise to me was that there's this narrative that people are starving in Africa, that people don't have enough resources. And then you go to somewhere like the Kenya coast which is one of the most abundant places I've ever been to the point where, you know, there's mangoes and jackfruits and coconuts like falling off the tree. So many jackfruits in some places that they're rotting on the ground because they don't have the machinery, they don't have the capital, they don't have the resources to process those jackfruits into some kind of preserved mechanism, even just to get them over to the next town or the next city to sell. Um, And so while there's, course these huge infrastructure gaps there is an abundance of raw materials we just have to help the people who want to be making things like jackfruit-based meat substitutes or cashew-based cheese products or cultured coconut yogurt products there's people who are doing all of this at this small scale handmade level because that's what they have access to but yep. they have this vision of becoming global leaders in being of getting their products in the hands of people in the UK and the US and all over the world. But of course, the capital constraints are what's keeping them from realizing those goals. And so my mission is instead of, you know, having this belief that we should donate to these nonprofit ventures and um, really just kind of sustain this cycle of, you know, Putting in whatever it may be, food or the resources to build a school, um, that instead we invest in entrepreneurship. Because yeah. this is ultimately the people who are leading these businesses in the communities know what their communities want and need. They've been talking to people about it, they've got, got the support. Um, and in the West, we think that we should choose what we invest in. Yeah. Um, in the sense that like, this, like, I'm specifically talking about the nonprofit initiatives, the food and the hunger initiatives, which are very important to solve. I believe food security is one of the most important problems in this world. But I think we also need to put this into perspective that every single day, the same amount of people or more are dying from hunger and from malnutrition as are dying from the coronavirus. And it's not making headline news every single day because the drivers of world hunger are truly animal agriculture. 83% of the agricultural land on this planet is used to either grow food to feed livestock animals or to have those livestock animals live on. However, 83% of the land produces like 18% of the global calories that are needed. So it doesn't add up, and I think that we need to be spreading this awareness and education, as well as spreading a lifestyle that focuses on plant-based eating. Because you look at some of these aid organizations, and a very like large amount of them are focused on animal gifting. So you think that you're feeding, you know, you feel really good. Maybe you're donating to feed a family for a month, but what you're really doing is you know, buying them a goat or a few goats or some chickens or yeah. these animal products that are unsustainable, um, and we've seen that you know living in very close quarters with animals is something that causes all of these different endemic diseases to occur. And at the same time, it's perpetuating a lifestyle where consuming animal products is not only unsustainable for the environment, but it's not the healthiest option for our bodies either. So I think when, you know, there's a lot of people that just, they want to help, they want to see a better world, they want to see less inequality, but we have to start talking about what's really helping and what's really perpetuating the same cycles that are ultimately actually hurting people. And I think that that is where the Vegan Africa Fund is really coming in to say, Africa is going to be helped so much more through impact investing um, as compared to, you know, donating through the nonprofit sector.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm so glad that you brought up. I mean, you've said a lot over there, and it's super valuable. Um, but I'm particularly very glad that you brought up this whole idea of gifting animals. Mm. You know, gifting um, this the whole audacity that human nonprofit organizations have that you can gift one sentient. Being to another sentient being and treat one as an asset and a resource, as uh, you know, I promise to, uh, you know, uh, bring you out of poverty, make you self reliant, and, and so on. And then, uh, re- literally, have the audacity to con and, you know, sort of trick people on both sides, right? And there are people in the West who have um, the compassion and the ability and the generosity and kindness to, to want to help. Others less fortunate, um, and and to tap into that emotion of compassion, but but in in a very twisted kind of a way that actually then leads to this, you know, traffic, animal trafficking, uh, mm. which is completely uncalled for, and and which is destroying the planet, and and, and also teaching, persons you know in historically marginalized um, you know corners of the world, especially in Africa that this is the economic model um, for growth. So, so the measure, mm-hmm. the definitions, the metrics of what it means to be prosperous and what it means to be economically well off mm-hmm. are completely mm-hmm. different. You know, and, and they're in stark contrast to the abundance that Africa has in her backyard right which is exactly the the situation on on the coast and Mombasa and other places in Africa that are just so abundant and you've got jackfruits and mangoes and all the tropical vegetables and tubers and and all of those things um which are waiting to be processed and and waiting to be turned into you know something that can be of great value um you know both for food as well as non-food consumption um, so it's, it's incredible. And, you know, I, I want to, before we move on and shift gears into crypto, because, you know, that is uh, what we really, really wanted to sort of understand as to the role cryptocurrency has to play and, and uh, the VAF token. And I know you and I have spoken about it before. Um, so, so that's incredibly exciting and fascinating part. But I just want to quickly bring up uh, something that I've shared before. Uh, this is Chef Cola and you've worked with her and uh, she said our ancestors were vegan we have always been vegan and tradition and culture should not be forgotten it is important to spread veganism in africa because it originated there and and uh you know our ancestors didn't eat as much meat as it's through the forces of colonization and and I, I just bring it up as a summary you know for our viewers to sort of see that the forces of colonization didn't end by offering mere political sovereignty to countries in Africa or in Asia or elsewhere in you know mm-hmm. where the global majority live those forces of colonialism are continuing and and they're continu- they you contribute to colonialism's continuation every time you gift an animal every time you eat meat you know without realizing that it's encouraging climate refugeeism in in places like africa right mm-hmm. so okay we're going to change gears and i want to talk about cryptocurrency tell us everything you know about cryptocurrency
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's so broad but i guess to start cryptocurrency is the next evolution of money We know that humans have used so many different methods to store value throughout human history. We stored value using shells and other kinds of materials. We've used physical money. And I believe that cryptocurrency really does for digital money what the credit card and the ATM did for physical money. It gives you a higher degree of ownership over your assets. It enables you to send money anywhere in the world instantly And it actually enables you to participate in all of these different decentralized finance initiatives like the vegan Africa fund, um, which are really focused on increasing access to capital. So there are lots of reasons why I'm a huge, um, cryptocurrency fanatic. I truly believe that it will be the future of currency on the, in the world. And it's very early in the stages of cryptocurrency, the first, working cryptocurrency is bitcoin and bitcoin i believe just celebrated its 10-year anniversary when the first bitcoin block was mined, um was january i think 2012 and so it's very new in the sense that the technology was required to be at a specific level of sophistication before crypto actually worked um, and so there are many different mechanisms to crypto. You've probably heard the term crypto, you've heard Bitcoin Um, and Bitcoin is very small amount of the entire crypto world. There are thousands of different tokens or coins and they all represent um, a different value set depending on the utility of the ecosystem that you're involved with. And so the Vegan Africa Fund is powered by the BAF Impact cryptocurrency. So global investors and futurists who support our mission are actually able to hold a stake in the Vegan Africa Fund through holding BAF tokens. So in this way, crypto is almost like giving the global community access to a global stock exchange of sorts where you can invest in companies and initiatives and missions that you believe in, um, whether that's Bitcoin or Ethereum or VAF and holding these digital assets is a representation of your support of this ecosystem. And so the Vegan Africa Fund is actually very excited to announce that we have one of the most eco-friendly cryptos in the entire world. When you get into the technology behind it, um, there are a few different mechanisms that keep a crypto network secure. People have probably heard this term crypto mining or Bitcoin mining. And that's the process of using complex computer algorithms to verify a transaction block where a block of the blockchain includes all of the transactions within a certain time period that were submitted. These computers over a decentralized network work together using energy to verify this transaction through these mathematical processes. And then once it's verified, the transactions go through, and money is sent all over the world. Um, But mining is a very expensive technology. So just to give the listeners a little bit of a perspective, if you were to take um, the amount of energy needed to make a transaction, in having to offset the energy for those transactions. If we were to plant one tree to offset the energy used for VAF transactions, to offset the same amount of transactions on the second largest crypto network, Ethereum, you would have to plant about 3,000 trees. And to offset the same amount of transactions on Bitcoin, the largest cryptocurrency, you would have to plant about 20,000 trees. And so this um, kind of evolution in the crypto space is something I'm really excited about. We're using a base layer blockchain that uses a decentralized acrylic graph, which is a very eco-friendly, very efficient mechanism of confirming the blocks on the blockchain. And so we're really passionate about making sure that while we're using um, crypto, which is the, what I believe the future of finance as we know it, that we're not kind of taking a step backwards and having a negative environmental impact. Because I think that's something that's really come into the limelight in the crypto industry in the past year or so. Bitcoin or the global crypto economy is currently responsible for 0.5% of total energy emissions. And less than 5% of the global population is using cryptocurrency. So as that scales, we need to be really conscious of what technology are we scaling are we scaling the old energy inefficient um, like technology that isn't necessarily eco-friendly or are we scaling the technology that is green that is sustainable that's actually using less energy than visa transactions use um, and that's what we're doing So I can get into any direction that you want to go um, because it's such a vast field. I'm a huge nerd about it. It is um, what I believe is a very viable avenue for um, many people to change and revitalize their life and really achieve financial freedom and liberation. And the Vegan Africa Fund operates by people buyback. And we say that, 80%, as I mentioned earlier, goes directly towards investing in vegan businesses in our network. But 100% of what's invested into that is going towards supporting the vegan future of Africa. We have our social impact initiatives as well, but we're also developing technical integrations that I'm really, really excited about. Things like a NFT marketplace for African vegans, as well as things that um, allow for our investor network to go through our portfolio companies and actually helping some of these companies we're working with tokenize shares of their company so that they can sell equity on an individual basis to global investors um, and the real i guess global vision for Baf is that this is a digital asset that vegans are using to both support the vegan future of africa And once these businesses are scaled up, once their production is scaled so that they are exporting globally, the VAF that early investors use that they purchase to help these businesses grow and scale are also tokens that can be redeemed for the amazing vegan goods and services that our network provides. All the ventures in our network agree to accept Bath in exchange for goods and services. So that means if you are a vegan food distributor or you have a vegan brand or vegan company, if you invest in Bath now, you'll actually be able to export a shipping container full of jackfruit meat substitutes or cashew-based cheese or coconut yogurt um, by using the same bath that you initially invested in to help these companies grow. And so we're really architects of this pan-African vegan food system that we right. want to see expand.
0: Right. So at the heart of all of this, this isn't. This is amazing. You know, I'm, I'm just so excited that you are um, creating an ecosystem and network, um, creating an architecture of not just um, you know vegan food for for the world and and vegan non-food items obviously for the world but also um also creating like this vegan economy Mm. um you know where even the fiscal and the monetary aspects of it um through the vaf tokens are really vegan so would it be accurate to call it vegan crypto
1: i think it would be accurate to call it vegan crypto i think the only vegan crypto, because I thought about this a lot as I've been investing in crypto and investigating, like, what does this go towards? I think that VAP is one of very few vegan cryptos. We are focused on only vegan operations. The money that's invested in the goes towards only vegan companies. It goes towards vegan services. It really is funding the vegan movement. Um, And we are committed to not including animal products in any part of our operations, and also to embracing the mindset of compassion and equity and all of these, um, you know, high vibrational mindset and mind states that I believe the vegan community is aligned with. And I think the only real vegan cryptocurrencies are the ones that support a vegan economy because every digital asset in some way is supporting some economy
0: yeah yeah okay so um i I wanted to ask you about traceability right Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of people uh who you know have these notions around cryptocurrency that you know one it's volatile of course you've spoken about um how some are unsustainable and mined differently whereas uh the one that Vegan Africa Fund subscribes to and, and the token that you've created is more ecologically sustainably mined. Uh, so, so that myth, thank you for busting that myth for us as well. Um, but, but talk about traceability. like, mm. and, and also talk to me in pure layman terms for our, or layperson terms for our viewers. Um, I have $100 to spend, what can I do with with my dollars at this point in time um how do i know that when i invest in the vegan african fund and I'm, I'm i'm receiving so first of all what will i receive and what i receive how do i trace where you guys are spending it and how it's changing um you know bringing about the changes that you've promised
1: yes absolutely i'm very excited about this question And so in order to trace crypto, all you have to do is go to a blockchain explorer, which is a website um, that I can share. It's ftmscan.com for the Vegan Africa Fund. And you can see every single wallet and every single transaction that's coming into that wallet, going out of that wallet. And ultimately the blockchain and the driving force behind crypto is a ledger that can never be changed. So this is a ledger that is append only in code speak, or you can only add on to it. You can only add on to it. You can never go back in time and edit anything that happened. Okay. And so yeah. it really gives this layer of um, just like total c- clarity, I think, to any organization. And so one thing that we're incredibly excited about is actually the methods of tracking our transactions. Um, so when you purchase VAC, right away, you would receive the bath crypto in your wallet and how to set up the cryptocurrency wallet is on the vegan Africa fund YouTube page. So you can check that out. And from that point, you can use your VAF either at our partnered operations, or you can go onto an exchange and actually trade your bath there. And so as far as tracking our investments, um, right now, it's kind of, you know, we receive fiat money or, cash money or you know credit card debit card transaction and then we send the back crypto from there so the cash that's invested it's what's going to these businesses and that's okay. going towards our network and so cash is a lot harder to um, keep you know have visible on the blockchain because it's not on a blockchain and yep. so you know as we started this initially I was you know wondering should we only enable people to buy crypto with crypto so that you can actually track every inflow and outflow and realize that this is something that would really cut off a large segment of the population. There's a lot of people who want to get into crypto and want to invest in that, but don't have crypto already. And so we did decide to ultimately um, accept both crypto and cash for investments. And so if someone had a hundred dollars wants to invest in bath right now, you go to veganafricafund.com invest. Um, there are right now we are in the pre-sales stage of the BAF crypto, which means we are looking to, um, get our initial support in ground layer built so that we can do all the admin tasks that's needed to set up the fund that we can hire the lawyers that we need to make sure we are prepared for the amazing journey that's ahead of us. And then um, this, the goal is actually to develop the network integrations and the technology on our site so that you can track all of those investments right on that webpage. And so that's something that we're still working on, but the ultimate goal is for every BAF to be able to track every single deal that we do, to be able to track every single investment and donation. And our ultimate goal is to operate as a decentralized autonomous organization or a DAO. Um, So this is a concept in crypto, which I love, which basically enables the members of the network to come together in a decision making process. Right now, I'm directing the Vegan Africa Fund, but our goal is to have our stakeholders and community members actually be the directors and be the drivers of the fund. And so we're working on the network integration so that people can recommend businesses, they can vote on businesses, they can actually say, I'm investing 100K, but I want it all to go into vegan leather, or I want it all to go into eco-packaging, things like, Renewable plastics made from cassava starch is something we've seen that's really excited about. And so we're also enabling this syndication method, um, which I'm very excited about, that will enable everyone to do just what you've said is to track these flows and decide on how they want to see the vegan Africa Fund change and evolve because we are a product of our supporters. We want as much as we want to support the vegan evolution in Africa. We also want our investors to know that, you know, we see that you see the trends that are happening in the world as well. And we want to take all of that into account as we are growing our portfolio and building the movement.
0: Oh, I'm on mute and I'm talking. i got so excited. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, and and your vision um sunny it's it's an incredible time to be an entrepreneur you know at this point mm. in time it sounds like and and with uh vegan africa fund and 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 all the vision that you have um you know how how do you pitch to entrepreneurs how how do you so it's one thing to pitch to investors and and to have you know, to share this vision and to have them, um, you know, buy the VAF tokens and to invest in vegan Africa fund. But how do you and and how, how do you pitch to entrepreneurs? Are only entrepreneurs um, that are African entrepreneurs in Africa permitted to participate and and receive uh, the benefits? Of the fund, um, mm-hmm. you know, how about African American uh, entrepreneurs or Africans in Europe and in other parts of Asia, or you know, people who are called to, like yourself, to sort of go back to you know, Mama Africa and and do some things, start mm-hmm. uh, working. Like, so, so are they part of your target audience as well? And and what is your message to uh, you know, entrepreneurs of African heritage anywhere, whether they're part mm-hmm. of Africa or they're in Africa or part of the African diaspora?
1: Oh, I love this question because I've been speaking to so many entrepreneurs um, that, you know, ultimately I first just ask them, like, do you want to be a part of a growing vegan network? Um, Is this something you want? And that's, you know, usually how I'll start off the pitch. And in general, entrepreneurs are craving a network. They want like-minded individuals who can be you know partners or mentors or help them grow and one thing that I've found is in Africa the vegan businesses actually don't even want to accept investment from non-vegan companies like even just going and speaking to entrepreneurs about our vision and our mission I make it very clear first of all that we are centered around the bath crypto we are Um, operating from the global investment in this cryptocurrency and asking these entrepreneurs if that's something they'd be willing to accept at their location for their services or their products is usually very beginning. You know, want to be transparent about that. And most people I've spoken to are very open to it because all across Africa, they see the potential of crypto and they see how the world is changing and how Um, Money is changing. And I think that in general, entrepreneurs on the continent have been really excited to learn that there is a vegan crypto that is geared towards helping African vegan businesses scale their efforts. So really going to them um, is sharing our vision, which really is Africa becomes a global leader in veganism and sustainable exports. Right now in Africa, there's a huge food trade deficit. So in 2020, there was $40 billion more worth of food products that was imported compared to what was exported. And this is a huge gap that we have to fill that all of these national conventions and trade conventions are speaking about the need to fill these gaps. And what we need to fill the gap is infrastructure, it's machinery, it's technology, Um, It's certainly not entrepreneurial creativity or business acumen because those things are there. The visions are there. It's just having the resources to execute this. Yeah. And so speaking to the entrepreneurs, I've had so much excitement. Um, And as far as the diaspora, I've really been speaking to the diaspora entrepreneurs as potential investors as well. Um, I definitely see that, you know a lot of our early support and a lot of our early momentum has been thanks to vegan diaspora um, just you know believers in the future of a pan-african vegan economy
0: Absolutely. and
1: our mission in, as far as investment goes is definitely targeting african-based entrepreneurs oh, so if that's someone in the african diaspora who is from europe or the Caribbean or the Americas who is going back to Africa and starting a business there. Um, that's someone who I'd love to have a conversation with as someone we would potentially invest in. Um, but outside of the African continent, um, not necessarily, not really at all. We're really right. focused on investing in Africa and really with a focus on women led, um, investing as well. So we've seen that Africa receives less than 1% of global startup capital. We talked about that Ooh. earlier. But African women receive less than 0.01% or less than 1% of that 1% of startup capital. So businesses founded by African women, and when I say women, this is inclusive of all women, trans women, non-binary women as well. They are severely underfunded and part of our organizational mission um, because to be a good ally, it isn't just striving for equality, it's really working to uplift communities that have been marginalized um, and to be actively working to reverse some of the inequities. So our mission is investing the majority of the Vegan Africa Fund into women-led businesses. These businesses could have men as partners as well, of course, Um, but there is, I think, a strong, call for us to invest in african women who are the yeah. most underfunded group in the entire world um, and yet 65 percent of the startups in our business directory are led by women so there's wow. no lack of women entrepreneurship there's no lack of you know women working to grow their businesses who want to grow their wealth in their communities there's really a lack of investors believing in these women. And I just want to talk about some of the numbers because it's kind of shocking when I first learned that 96% of the investable wealth in the world is controlled by white and Asian men. Um, So to change our capital dynamics, we have to start working for the people. And part of that is investing through a lens that is embracing the you know, rich diversity and the belief that people who are women or who are intersectional women are great leaders and business owners. Absolutely. We look at who is getting venture capital invested? 96% of the founders that receive VC investment are white men. So yeah. over 90% controlled by white and Asian men, over 90% of investments received are to white men. And in order to you know change these gaps, we have to start realizing that women and people of color and African women fund managers need to play a critical role. Because right. my perspective and my outlook um, on investment is my investment thesis is maybe very different than someone who's been a traditional um, investor for a long time where my investment thesis is invest in these underserved communities because they know how to um, you know, do the most with whatever they have because they're resourceful, because yep. they're passionate, because they are compassionate they're focused on increasing the health and well-being of the people that they care about and the world absolutely and you know you see that veganism is such um, a woman's rights movement in a lot of ways over 80 percent of vegans in the world are women Yep. yet again with vegan businesses more than half of the vegan businesses that receive venture capital funding are led by men and so yep. Despite all these women being vegans, they're still not receiving the proportional funding. funding. Absolutely, yeah. All these gaps we need to fill.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, Sunny thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to have you, you know, with us. We're at the hour. I could go on and, and, you know, (laughs)
1: talking to you
0: and listening to you about, you know, uh, the different facets and different aspects of, uh, you know, how you're creating and crafting Vegan Africa Fund uh, and the mission around it. Um, Mm. You know, and, and I, it's, it's, it's it's just so exciting. You're right. You know, ours is the plant-based movement is a women-powered movement. Uh, but when we you know talk about capital flows, when we talk about support resources, um, it's it's lacking. And and when we deep dive into you know non-binary, historically marginalized communities, we look at African you know communities, African women specifically. Um, they're shortchanged. You know, uh, and and they don't. Receive uh, uh, the funds, the support, um, and and the and and the encouragement that they deserve and they need. So thank yes. you so much, Sunny, for creating uh, a revolution. You know that is uh, that has such compassion for Africans, African women in specific, you know, and, and for the African continent uh, at the center of your heart, the heart of your mission. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, to learn more and to get involved, please um, go check out veganafricafund.com. Um, check out Vegan Africa Fund on Instagram and, and also um, invest in the Vegan Africa Fund. Um, at veganafricafund.com forward slash um, invest. Um, Sunny, this has been a pleasure uh, to talk to you and uh, we'll continue the dialogue. But thank you so much for now. And to all our viewers, we'll be back next month with another episode of Connecting the Dots. Thank you so much. Thank you.